The scripture of the day comes from John 21, 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. Now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. One of the worst feelings that I ever get is when I lose something. And I lose stuff all the time. So much so that I've, I've had to come up with uh, different systems that are in place uh, to try to make sure um, that I at least know where the most important things are. Um, so I have a wallet place. That's where the wallet goes. When the wallet is not in the wallet place, it's a bad day. I have a place where my keys go. When my keys do not show up in the place where the keys go, again, it's a bad day because now I have no way to drive somewhere to look for the wallet. Just all seems to fall apart. Um, and so I, I've had to kind of come up with some different ways of, of working through having lost something, and y'all might be familiar with them. One of, the, one of the classic ones is retracing your steps, right? Uh, you have to kind of go through your uh, your routine or your day, um, kind of walk through the different spaces that you've walked, go along the same routes. And, and y'all, I have found my stuff in some weird places where I had no idea 
what was going on in my mind at the time. I lost my wallet at one point uh, for two weeks. Couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, so finally, one day when I was uh, walking through the living room, uh, went to go put the vacuum away, my wallet was wedged in the, the top of the handle of the vacuum cleaner. I still think this was not my fault. But nobody else claims responsibility yet. Now, there's other times where um, I recognize that I get kind of lost in my thoughts. Um, I, I think that I'm going to put somewhere where I'm going to remember it. Um, so I have, to, I have to anticipate knowing that I'm going to forget something. I have to, I have to realize that my, my past and my future are, are in two very different places. Um, who I am right now has to be smarter than who I'm going to be in the future. So I do things like uh, when I have to remember to take a particular piece of equipment to drill or I have to remember to take a particular book to Bible study, I have to put it in the way of where I know I'm going to have to go to make sure that I don't forget it. So the other morning I was uh, tearing the house apart. It was about 5.30 in the morning. I was running late for a 6 a.m. Bible study. Couldn't find the book that I had for the Bible study. Ended up buying it on Kindle just really quick um, so that I could read a little bit of, uh, make sure I had everything. Um, and then I made it out to the car and the book was sitting in the driver's seat. Knowing that I would forget it. Knowing I wouldn't remember where I put it. But just right there waiting for me. And even uh, later on in the week, I had to do a hospital visit, and I went to the doors of the uh, hospital here at Shelby and remembered that, uh, oh, got to have a mask in order to go in the hospital. And, and I forgot my mask. had no idea. So I went back out to the car. I was going to drive back over here to the church. And I said to myself before I started driving, I wonder if my past self thought about this. <laughs> Where, where would the past Arthur have put a mask anticipating I would have forgot it? I said, I would probably have put it in the glove compartment. And I opened up the glove compartment, and y'all, my past self was looking out for me. I had a brand new pack of masks sitting there right on top of my car registration, knowing that I was going to need it when I forgot my mask next time I went to the hospital. I hate losing stuff, and I, I, I generally think I'm a, I'm a fairly organized person, but I've had to become more organized with my systems because I realize that I have a lot of blind spots, and my mind wanders, and I have a lot of different things that pull on my attention, and I'm just going to go through the day, and I know I'm going to forget things, so the more organized I can be, maybe I can anticipate some of those ways that I'm going to forget things, but uh, no matter how hard I work, no matter what systems I put in place, um, I'm always just going to find myself tearing the house apart, looking for something that's probably sitting out in the open just waiting for me to run into it. Now, in our scripture reading this morning, uh, we come to a story about the disciples that have lost something. But they haven't lost their keys, they haven't lost their, their wallet, they haven't lost something that you can grab a hold of or that you could touch or stick in your back pocket or leave in a glove compartment. Um, they've lost their direction a little bit. Uh, they seem to have lost their purpose in a small little way as well. Um, because you see, this last chapter of the Gospel of John is so very different from the chapter that goes before it. And, and most scholars um, agree that this very last chapter of the Gospel of John uh, was written after everything else. Um, so there, there is not a manuscript 
of the Gospel of John that is missing chapter 21. Even the earliest manuscripts we have of the Gospel of John has chapter 21, but it's generally thought to be written maybe in a little bit of a newer ink than the rest of it, right? It's a little bit, it's a little bit later. It has a little bit of, a, uh, of an effort to sort of tie up some loose ends, if you will. If you read the very last paragraph of chapter 20, uh, you feel that the author of the Gospel of John kind of wrapped it up pretty good. Um, but then there's this new appearance of Jesus. Uh, the very last verse of uh, chapter 14 that we read today said, this is the third appearance that Jesus makes to the disciples. And you heard about the first two last week as Jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room. And if you imagine uh, what that moment was like, uh, the elation, uh, the excitement, uh, maybe the, the sense of victory, the just overwhelming sense of awe that comes up uh, with the disciples realizing uh, that Jesus has gone and done exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. That the risen Lord that they had heard rumors about from uh, the women that went to the tomb, they now all of a sudden experience Jesus arriving in their midst and seeing is believing. So much so that the people that weren't in the room the first time, Jesus says, that's cool, I'll come back later as well. And Thomas, who wasn't so sure about what the other disciples were saying, had a chance to see and believe as well. Now, you imagine what sort of motivation or what sort of excitement or, or what sort of stirring of emotion uh, would have sort of compelled the disciples to move out from that upper room. You, uh, you get a sense if they had just ended the stories there that the disciples would have gone out with power and with excitement and they would have gone and spread the gospel and spread the story and uh, sort of fulfilled that great commission that, that Jesus calls us to, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Uh, but instead, we get to chapter 21 and they went home. There's a, a lot of different ways to read um, the words of chapter 21, but, but I tend to read it with a little bit of heaviness, a little bit of disorientation. The, the disciples seem to have lost some purpose or some identity. That even if they experienced Jesus uh, coming back and revealing himself in the upper room, now, sometime later, uh, over a hundred miles away, in the northern part of the country, they've gone back home. And, and Peter tells the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And it's a statement, again, that you can take a lot of different ways, but uh, I seem to take it with a little bit of hesitation, almost, almost a sense of boredom, really. I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to go back to what I do best. I'm going to go fishing. And you wonder what's going on with Peter. Is, is he working through where even is his place in this kingdom? Is, is he even really a disciple anymore in the light of denying Christ three times? Uh, where does Peter fit in after the resurrection? He goes fishing. He goes back home and he picks up those very same nets that he had to put down when Jesus first called him. But if any of y'all have ever had a sense, kind of like you lost your wallet or your keys, you can sort of lose control of your life sometimes as well. And you lose your purpose, you lose your identity, and sometimes events in your life, maybe um, a bad day kind of continues and sorts 
begins to unravel. I, even small little things can all of a sudden kind of make us lose control of our day. We can lose our hope. We can have a sick child and a sick dog at the same time and be losing our minds. We can lose so much so quickly. And so Peter and the disciples go out and they go fishing. But they're not even good at that anymore either. They don't catch a single fish all night long. And then some nosy guy on the beach starts rubbing it in. Starts calling out to them. Asks them, not only have they caught any fish, he asks them the question, presuming that they haven't caught any fish. You haven't caught any fish, have you? That's exactly what you like to hear after a bad night of nothing going right. Right? What are they looking for in those nets? They have yet to find. So Jesus simply tells them, why don't you just throw them on the other side of the boat? See how that works. And it almost feels like they've exhausted every other option. They've reached the end of every other idea, so why not listen to the crazy guy on the beach and just throw the nets out one more time? At least they'll rinse them off before we have to put them away, right? But all of a sudden, the swelling weight of those ropes pulling back on their hands as they go to pull them back up makes them realize that their day has gone from terrible and empty and lost to abundant and found. Because not only have they found the fish, but in that moment, one of the disciples cries out, it is the Lord. That's not really ever really been about the fish. It's been about what they've been missing and all of a sudden what they've been missing and what they've really been fishing for and what they lost is right there on the beach waiting for them. And Peter just loses his mind so much, he puts his clothes on to jump into the lake to get as fast as he can to the shore. And recognizing that when we get lost, we're not the ones that have to find ourselves. In fact, God has already found us. And God finds us in a way that we will not first recognize. <laughs> Jesus seems to have been known to the women that came to the tomb in the Gospel of John. Jesus seems to be known to the disciples in the upper room. Maybe he had to prove himself a little bit to show them the scars and things like that. But this time, they don't recognize Jesus, but they know that it's Jesus. They know by the stirring in their hearts, they know uh, from the sense that comes when all of a sudden things go from empty to abundant, that God is working that space, and so something changes in that moment, and they know that God is with them. All of a sudden, everything else fades away. Everything that was lost is now found, and they make it to that beach as quickly as they possibly can. To be present with a God who anticipated exactly where they'd be. One chapter before, Jesus shows up in Jerusalem. This time, Jesus goes over 100 miles away and shows up on the beach where they go to hide. There's not any length, any depth that we can go that Jesus will not meet us right there and call us found. And so it's so interesting how seeing goes from believing in chapter 20 
to chapter 21, now believing is experiencing. They can't believe their own eyes, and so they believe by swimming. They believe by fishing. They believe by listening. They believe by going to that beach and being with Jesus and being fed by him, experiencing the risen God. Because the truth of the matter is, is that's the gospel where we find ourselves. We're going to go outside of these doors, and we're going to run into Jesus, and we're not going to recognize Jesus from the paintings that are in our Sunday school rooms. We're going to recognize Jesus by the way all of a sudden we feel found again. All of a sudden, something goes from empty to abundant. All of a sudden, Jesus calls us by name and shows up right in the middle of the shore where we went to go hide from everything else. And Jesus shows up to feed them a meal. They go from empty nets to full nets. They go from empty stomachs to full stomachs. But all those just of an expression to realize that they live in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And from chapter 21, the disciples live in the time that we live in. And they become transformed enough to go and to build a church. And to spread a word and a faith that transforms not only their lives, that takes them further from home than they've ever been before, but transforms the world. And that's where we find ourselves today. Rising up of the many places to where we feel like we may have been lost or we may have lost a sense of our identity or we may have lost our sense of control over life or lost any number of relationships or moments that things just got out of control that we find out in a moment that God is still with us in those spaces and calls us found. And so we have a chance today the same as those disciples gathered on that beach and ate the bread that Jesus gave them and the fish that he had already begun preparing before he even called out to them. So we gather around a table and remember everything that Christ gave for us, that we might be filled with the very life of God, that we may sense and experience that we are found and we're ready to share that story and that grace, and that life with the world. Amen and amen.